morning, everybody. If you've not met me before, my name is Peter. Um, I'm one of the leadership team here and uh, going to be uh, just talking to you uh, this morning. We're going through a series at the moment um, and uh, fantastically, um, uh, without, us even, uh, without us even having a conversation, Rob has found it. I'm, I'm hoping you found the one that's the, the right one for today, but I'm sure it is. <laughs> See, the, the, front, the front slide is the same on about the last two or three that we've done, so we might give a different talk. We'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so this series we're doing is called Perennials, which is uh, you know things that we come back to again and again and again. It's um, what we love and why, some of our priorities and our values as 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 a church, as a people, and as a movement of uh, vineyard churches across Aotearoa and across the world. Um, now, um, so this is, I think, about number one, two, three, four, five, six, six in our series. Um, we began, if you remember, with worship. Really, what we've already been doing this morning is making space to enjoy God's presence and put on our lips who he is and why we love him. And that's worship's always a, a feature for us. We then looked at um, the word, that we're a people of the book, this, and the scriptures are our plumb line. doesn't really matter what we think, what public opinion is. God's revealed word actually helps us to understand, and we place that as the plumb line, and that will help us to build well and straight with what we do and in our lives, in our church. We've seen that, Caring for the poor and advocating for justice are central to the gospel in which the first will be last and the last will be first. Johnny spoke about a fellowship, a, a, a shared life together, which, um, which Libby was talking about a, a bit earlier just as we were breaking bread there as well. That notion of real intimate relationships with each other, doing life together, and a sense of belonging that is in fact a gift. It's a byproduct of participating in the life of God is what makes us Fano. So we're not we're not family because we, you know, it's a club we kind of sign up to. We become family because we're born into a family. We're born again into a new family, and that identity gives us a sense of that. That really, the byproduct then becomes a shared life together. It's it's intentional. We give time to it, but it's 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 a gift as well. And last week, Paul and Anne spoke about. Um, I was listening to the listening to the uh, the, the the tape on this because we were we were down in Christchurch, but um, uh, talked about um, really learning to live a life of simple childlike trust and live out covenant. Um, uh, and and Anne talked about knowing and being willing to be known, and that kind of long obedience in the same direction, which is really the essence of what discipleship is, is essentially putting one foot in front of the other. Keep keep doing what God's telling you to do. Keep learning. Keep listening. Keep being trained coming under authority to to learn and um, to do that. So today we're going to look at another priority, which we see right through the scriptures, and that matters to us at Urban and, 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 and as I said, Vineyard and Aotearoa. And that is um, it's kind of mission, which I hesitate to use the term, because uh, it, it, it might have, uh, people have different understandings of what that means, but... Um, but that's what we're going to, you know, that, that was what the, the topic for today is. And the question is why, you know, what we love and why. So so would this be something we would want to love and, and lay hold of? And um, although the title was mission, I felt I, I felt I should speak on something that is, is, is a slightly different way of encapsulating that, which is this. Love is a journey. So I talked this morning about love is a journey. Uh, let's see if I can do this bit here. Yes. Okay. Excellent. So, so we're um, we've got we've got a few things uh, that way, ways of kind of walking through this, and um, so we'll start off with um, this notion of um, 
the golden thread. In fact, I think I've got two slides like that. Look at that, even bigger, bigger type. Excellent. <laughs> so, so we'll look at you know the first. So let's start with the first thing on there, which is this. There's a golden thread that runs right through the Bible, and uh, and and that and that golden thread is this: that God's heart is for the nations. God's heart is for all peoples on earth. You can see it right through history. You can see it right through Scripture, and um, so so there's a couple of dimensions to that. And the, the first one is about destiny. We have a truly international future in our destiny. This is um, I've just picked three verses here. I could have picked you know three hundred and three, but um, this is you know in Isaiah Isaiah's vision about the end, yeah the last days. That the the man of the Lord's temple will be established chief among the mountains. It will be raised up, and all nations will stream to it. And this notion that many peoples, ethnos, kind of people groups, will come and say, "Let's go to the house of, uh, to to the mountain of the Lord, the house of Jacob. He'll teach us his ways. We can walk in his paths." This sense of the nations, and this is remember speaking to Israel at the time, who were very focused on themselves, but uh, he said, "No, no, no. There's more than that." Um, and similarly, in Zephaniah, um, after after God uh, bringing some correction to, to his people, he said, and then I will purify the lips of the peoples. The peoples. that, that Again, same word, ethnos, uh, with people groups. Um, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and may serve him shoulder to shoulder. What a vision that is. Like all of the nations serving the Lord shoulder to shoulder. Amazing, and again we look forward to Revelation, uh, uh, and and, and uh, you can see that you know, look before me a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, every ethnos, every iwi, every hapu, every people group, and every language standing before the Lord. And um, yeah, as I, I had to delete quite a lot of verses there because I would just talk for ages about that, but. So you can see, when we look forward, this amazing future, actually, this is this amazing future that brings all the peoples of the world hearing the good news of Jesus and people responding from every group, which means that we get made up of this amazing kaleidoscope and every different culture becomes a refraction of the grace of God in a different way. You know, there's no overriding, there's no colonialism about this of one culture kind of imposing itself on another, actually, God drawing up expressions of what it means to love and f- serve him from people with who just think, work, and operate totally differently to, to, to each of us. And there's an amazing blend that's happening. So, so that's an amazing golden thread as we look forward. We can see that there is that amazing thing. Um, but also, um, we've got a truly international spiritual heritage as well, or whakapapa. You know, when we when we look back to the lineage, to the our forefathers, where do we come from? Who are we? We go back to Genesis, where you know the headline was to to, to Abraham, "I will make you a great nation." But what was the bottom line? Well, the bottom line was this: that all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, and we're the children of Abraham. So actually, uh, you know, that's a promise that is fulfilled through us. And it's for us. Um, and God's plan was always that. Even you know, in, in in calling out Israel, it was it was to create, as you can see from the verse there in Deuteronomy, it wasn't it wasn't oh I'm just going to look after one people, you know, but it was I'm going to I'm going to reveal my law and my ways ways of being specifically through one nation, so that other nations will see how amazingly wise and understanding 
the people is, but also the God of that people is. Um, love this next verse, which is uh, from Amos, um, because again, we can be very focused on what God's people were about Israel. And look at this, it says, are, you, are not you Israelites the same to me as the Cushites, declared the Lord? Didn't I not bring up Israel from Egypt, the Philistines from Kaftar, and the Arameans from Kerr? Now, we often think of those other groups as, well, weren't they the ites, the people that Israel had to draw, yeah, to, had to kind of, you know, draw out, yeah, kind of drive out of the land and overcome? Well, well, actually, all these other nations, those things only happen when they, they turn away from God and God had given them lots of time, generation after generation, to turn to him. And they weren't doing that. But actually, he had a purpose for peoples from all of those peoples. And there are people who, who, who love him in many, many nations and were even back then. Amazing, amazing that God, uh, even, even then, was doing something special with Israel, but with a heart for all nations. And Psalm 67, we could look at the whole psalm. It's wonderful. But the crux of it is, 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 it, it, it just kind of lay, lays out in the first verse there, which is, yeah, may God be gracious to others and bless us. Why? That your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Again, that same word, all nations, all people groups. So, so love is a journey. And uh, God has, put, has the nations on his heart and has always had it and always will have it. And we're asked to, we're, we're off, we have the opportunity to connect with that golden thread in the way that we live out our little bit of time in history. Um, so what about the second thing we talked about? You know, th- there's, a, there's a perfect example, actually. What's the perfect example of mission? Well, I'll probably say this. God so loved the world that what? He gave. He gave his one and only son. And if you look at Philippians 2, Jesus laid aside everything. He didn't come in some kind of colonial way. He laid it all down, laid it aside, emptied himself, became nothing, took on the very form of a servant or a slave, became, became one of us, and he came. And, and, and we can't grasp this enough. God did not send us an instruction manual or a tract from heaven saying, this is where you're going wrong. He came in the person of Jesus and came right to us. Love is a journey. He came all the way to some, you know, relatively small town in a Middle Eastern country, uh, you know, occupied by Romans and uh, in a particular culture. Uh, And he came right down in the middle of really tricky issues uh, and tricky challenges of living and became one of us. Love came down at Christmas. And that's a supreme example, actually, of cross-cultural mission. You know, Jesus becoming becoming part of a, a culture speaking Aramaic, able to speak, able to operate uh, in amongst the people that he, he came, first of all, to reach. So he is a perfect example for us of love is the journey. But it didn't stop there. You know, what happened next? Well, Jesus in his ministry was... Uh, you know, was training us and, and, and commissioning. He trained and commissioned. So um, this, this is a bit, there's a bit of progression here, actually, and this is great, uh, great helpful for us. Um, if you look at what, um, look through the Gospels, say we start with Matthew 9, it says, Jesus went through the towns and villages preaching and healing and uh, bringing the good news of the kingdom. And so that was one team. Jesus was leading it. He was doing it. 
And, um, you know, he, he then, um, you know, he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, asked the Lord to send out the workers. And then, you know, in chapter 7, he calls, he, he, uh, uh, sorry, in chapter 10, he calls together 12 of them to send them out. And, uh, and so there are six teams of two then. So the 12 of them go out and they go and do similar stuff. They go out and preach and heal on what's effectively a short-term mission trip within their own nation. And um, gives them some really clear instructions. They're really quite helpful. Go, you know, don't go with loads of resources. Go with need. You know, just be yourself. You know, go find a person of peace, someone who will welcome you and connect you and effectively host you so that you're, a, you're partnered within the, the place that you are. And, um, you know, and, 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 and share the good news and heal the sick. Uh, and... Um, so it was quite clear, and, and, and uh, you know, the 12 came back. Uh, similarly, in Luke 10, having just sent out the 12, you know, Jesus sends out 72, 36 teams. So gone from 1 to 6 to 36. Interesting. There is a geometric progression going on there. Um, and they come back absolutely jubilant, don't they? Uh, you know, uh, and, and, and um, absolutely jubilant. But interestingly, there's a, there's a similar prep, prep talk that Jesus gives in each of those uh, situations, uh, very much the same. So, uh, and, then, and then, of course, Jesus dies, he's, ra- he's raised from the dead, and we, we have one of the most famous verses in Scripture, which is the Great Commission, where Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go, make disciples of all nations. That same word again, all people groups. Baptizing them. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. And that's like the very last words of the Gospel of Matthew. It's kind of their end point. It's just like the final thing, key takeaway message. Go make disciples of all nations. And, um, and, and similarly, you know, in Acts, you can see Luke's take on it where he talks about, you know, stay, wait for the Spirit. Then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to all the ends of the earth. So that commission is like it's it's... We're family, as, as, as Johnny was saying, we're Farno together. And this is the family business. This is what the business is about. It's about bringing the good news to all nations. Um, and, you know, if you look at uh, the book of Acts, one of the things you'll notice from that is you see these apostolic teams. They're here and they're there. They're going from here to there. They, they're going on a little tour over here. And, um, you know, and it's, it's Paul and Barnabas. And then it's Paul and Silas and Timothy. Then it's Barnabas and John Mark. Then you've got another bit where, you know, Apollos is going around. And what you can see is there's a fluidity about that. There's a teamwork. But they're going between places. And sometimes they're going to plant and establish a church where there isn't one. And other times they're going in to strengthen and build up a church. But it's fluid. And there is this amazing flow and movement. And we see in that as well. Paul had this really clear strategy. You know, he would go to a gateway city. He would go to a, a key city like a port, you know, a gateway to a whole region. And he wouldn't go into every little bit because he would establish a church there with a view that that church could then plant out and, and, and see other people become saved because he, he created something uh, with God uh, that, w- that would be able to reproduce itself. So that's all fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it sounds really good. And yet, um, and yet... How come? It's a bit of a struggle for us, actually, if we're honest about it. Because this stuff all sounds great, but life is hard. Things are busy. Um, lots going on. And uh, it's very easy, 
for us to just get caught up in what's going on in our lives and the people who are very close to us. And it's very easy for it to be out of sight, out of mind. You know, oh, the world. It's a big, you know, it's a big thing. And um, that's not new, by the way. So if I think about, um, think about Jonah, you know, God calls him, says, go preach to Nineveh. Well, he's like, man, I don't want to go over there. They're not, they're not our people. You know, ah, if, if, if they repent, you know, they're our enemies. And, 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 and the whole story of, uh, of, of Jonah is actually one of taking off national blinkers. And uh, the amazing thing about that is um, it's when God addresses his national blinkers that one of the greatest revivals in the history of the world occurs, which is what happened in Nineveh and what happened in that country. It was amazing. And again, you look at, you know, Peter and the Twelve, right? So all those great words, that great commission going to all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, the ends of the earth, fantastic. What do you see Peter and the Twelve doing? What do they do as things develop? They establish a really good church in Jerusalem. And uh, they stay put in Jerusalem pretty much until persecution comes and scatters them. It's like, you know, <laughs> it, 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 there has to be a change in the circumstance that almost like flings them out because they're pretty much centered where they are. Again, think about, you know, God speaks to Peter. He, he gives him a dream before he goes to see Cornelius three times. The, the kind of the, the tablecloth kind of comes down from heaven and he's told to eat. He's like, I can't do that because, you know, that, would, that wouldn't be... That wouldn't be in line with my Jewish way of way of working. And God says, "No, no, no! I want you to do it three times. Why?" And then Cornelius, you know, then 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 Cornelius is at the door saying, "Hey, look, you know, we we um, you know, God." And 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 as Peter shares, the Holy Spirit just comes on Cornelius, and Peter's like, "Ah, oh, ah, uh, what? It's it's more than just our own nation, ah, uh, you know." And yet he would he he'd been there, he'd had this commission. So even in all of that, we our default is back to back to kind of closing down, focusing on us, the people most like us, the post- m- people most near us. There's a natural tendency to do that We get if we get distracted. So so we're not alone in that there are struggles. But I guess, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, our barriers can be different, you know. Um, and certainly for me, I think back to my life and there have been times when I've been really involved in things, uh, really involved in teams that have gone into different cultures and different places, you know, earlier earlier in my, my life and indeed more recently kind of places. But and yet, you know, life gets busy, I get closed down and um, and, and, and I was thinking, well, what is it? What is it that causes that f- to feel challenging? And I, and I guess, you know, firstly, is we can feel pretty overwhelmed, you know, it's a big world, isn't it? And, um, uh, you know, and, and maybe we've only got so much bandwidth for life. And, and, and what that can lead to is a couple of things. Um, you know, it th- there's a couple of things going on. So one is what you might call sort of imposter syndrome. Oh, you know, surely that, stu- that, that stuff sounds really complicated. You know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to share the gospel even to get a bit of interest from the people who are, m- who are most close to me and around me. You know, and even that I find difficult overcoming my own fear of doing it. Uh, you know, how can I possibly be sharing something to someone who speaks a different language to me, is from a different culture to me? How can I possibly be con- connecting in that wider purpose when even the people, yeah, I, I feel like I haven't even mastered the basics. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not gifted enough. I haven't been trained enough. I can't do that. And, 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 and equally, all of that kind of conspires to leave us a sense of guilt or obligation and failure. And so we don't want to look at this because it's like, ah, that's like that's confronting me with stuff that I'm just finding really hard. So so surely we can't stay in that. You know, that there is a natural struggle, right? But the question is, what should we do? And um, helpfully, Jesus lays out 
very clear uh, sense of what we should do in that situation that we find ourselves in. And the first thing is this. And this is, um, if you look at John 4, uh, 27 through 42, Jesus has just been with the, the woman at the well, and uh, the Samaritan woman, and he has... Um, he has been uh, talking to her actually about uh, about salvation, and uh, he's shared a word of knowledge with her, and uh, it's quite um, quite amazing, really. And she's like, "Wow!" She's like going off to tell all the people in her village to come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. And the disciples come to him, and they're pretty shocked that Jesus is talking uh, across culture, breaking the rules of culture, talking to a woman, particularly a woman who's come in the middle of the day, not with the other women, so she's probably a bit of an outcast. Um, hasn't come at the start of the day, has had to come at the middle of the day. And, um, you know, lo and behold, as you sort of read this, um, the disciples come back, and what does Jesus say? He says, don't you have a saying, it's still four months till the harvest, but I tell you, open your eyes, lift up your eyes and look the fields. They are ripe for harvest. There's something about... um, that sense of opening our eyes to what's beyond us that's really important. Um, I don't know whether you've uh, come across, there's a great website called The Joshua Project, and it talks about the, this unfinished task we've got of reaching all the people groups of the world for Jesus. And uh, just to give you a bit of a sense of it, okay, there are just over, just short of 17,500 different people groups in the world. And the challenging thing is probably that if you go from uh, the progress, the, the green on the right are are kind of people groups that have really solidly established Christian churches uh, and uh, that Christianity is a big part of the culture and big, you know, not everybody, but a significant number of people are Christians. The kind of people on the left are, you know, places where maybe less than one in a thousand people uh, knows the Lord and there's no indigenous church. So what you can see is that there are, um, there are 7,000 people groups that don't yet have anyone sharing really the gospel no no real witness so there's a massive unfinished task right and um and you can see you know almost like 3.4 billion people live in those in those people groups it's enormous um and 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 so you know we don't want to feel overwhelmed by that but the point is there's a real need and the sobering thing is this is that as a church as a, a worldwide church you know Certainly, the, the church in the West, we're probably spending about 99% of our resources on reaching the people in the green, actually, um, and about 1%. And certainly, you know, um, for every mission worker we send to an unreached people group, we probably send 30 to the places more on the right-hand side. So um, so there's a challenge for us to go further. Love is a journey. Love is a journey that goes beyond that, which is more familiar to us, towards that that is less familiar to us. And... Um, I think God wants us to open our eyes because opening our eyes, see, God can't capture our affection until he captures our attention. And so God wants to capture our attention with the unfinished task that's out there. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess we might want to feel, we might feel, um, you know, that that feels big it feels remote you know whether it's you know the Uyghurs in China or these different kind of people groups you know uh, in 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 India or in Pakistan these kind of places and 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 of course there are there are there are many people groups um, 
but one of the things I think that God does is as we as we become open to this, um, all I'd say is just like watch the news, listen, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, see what God does with your heart. Um, there was a back in the early 90s when when the war was happening in uh, former Yugoslavia and uh, the Serbs and the Croats and the Bosnians were ethnic Bosnians were were in conflict. Um, there were some really troubling things went on, and it really, it really like um, came like an arrow in my heart about how hearing some of the atrocities that were happening, I was thinking, how can people, how d- how do we have a real answer to this when someone says, I can't believe there's a God because look at all that stuff that's going on, and it really got to me, it really bothered me, and um, I remember I went to. Uh, a, a, a guy in the church I was in at the time, who a guy called John Denning, who's a farmer, but he's a real prophet as well. And I went to talk to him. I just went to his house. I said, look, John, you know, I want to, what are you hearing? What are you seeing from God about the situation that gives us a something other than a generic answer about suffering and free will and all the rest of it? But you're specific to what's going on here. What are you seeing? Because it's a major part. And he was very wise, actually, John. He just went to be with the Lord just a week ago, actually. So, um, and... Um, he he just he had such a tender heart and he said you know well i think i think god is saying something peter I, th- I think he's i think he's saying to you to to pray for these people's these people groups because he's put them on your heart and um that started an amazing sort of set of god is by coincidences that led to um nick and i going into uh into croatia uh, a few times over the years and working with churches there off and on and um and it was just an opening. It's just something that opened up. And, and we were, in fact, when we went to Bible college, Nick and I, we, we, we started Bible college convinced that we would probably, when we finished, we'd go and live in Croatia and just, just serve that. people. Now, it didn't work out that way. Something else happened. And then we, we went into there. We went into the Czech Republic as well. Kind of, you know, it changed to being more in and out and in and out, a bit like these mission teams rather than being based there. But, but God did something. He kind of put he put them on my heart because it pierced through the sort of normal apathy that, you know, the kind of news blah, it all goes over your head. And somehow you hear something, you think, ah, yeah, open your eyes. So see beyond the local and immediate and be curious. Um, there are some great resources um, uh, for that. Actually, just uh, just something for, for some of our parents. Now, I, I wonder, uh, thinking, about, thinking about you guys, right? I don't know whether you noticed this, but when you... Um, Certainly, I noticed this. When, when Nikki, Nikki became pregnant, right, I was walking around and walking around towns and cities has been loads of times, and, and it was amazing, right? There were always, like, baby shops and things that just seemed to be there that just hadn't... I, they, I didn't think they were there before. And they were, like, everywhere. It's like Mother Gare, Baby World, all these kind of things. Like, where did this come from? And, of course, they were there all the time. But the point is, I just filtered them out before because they just weren't relevant to me. And... Um, and I think that's the thing is like once God opens our eyes, you know, do you know there are more references to the nations in the Bible than there are to faith? You know, it's a huge thing. And once we see it, it's like once you see it, you almost can't unsee it. So God open our eyes. And, um, you know, so that was the, f- the first thing that Jesus said, uh, you know, open your eyes and look at the fields and uh, they are ripe for harvest. Look at the harvest. Um the second thing um, was uh, he said, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. So having captured our attention, he wants to capture our affection. And um, I, I want to encourage you, right, because if you think that that stuff is distant and that it's a long way off, um, this same website, amazingly, right, shows us that um, 
there are in fact 28 unreached people groups of the world actually in New Zealand. And uh, do you know what? An enormous number of them are actually in Auckland. And these are people from all over. They're connected with unreached people groups from around the world. And they've come and they've settled here and they're in our city. How about that? We can't reach all 7,000, but you know what? There's 28. So, so maybe they're not so distant and so remote, actually. But what, um, what we can do, we, 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 in, it, we follow the first bit of the instruction, which is lift up your eyes. And then Jesus says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. So we can help, we can participate in sending and sustaining uh, because there's something about, as we've talked here before, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So if you're struggling to have a heart for something, generally give money, right? Because actually your money and your heart get connected. So it's a good way of lead, lead with your wallet is a really good principle. So, um, and, and here's the thing, right? You might think, no, 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 I'm called, my, my heart is for the, 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 my heart is for the communities of, of, of South Auckland or my heart is for, for the, you know, the families of Onehunga, whatever it is, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but but this is not in competition. So I think, like, yeah, you know, those of you who've got more than one child, right? When you when you had your second child, was it like, well, I, I instantly I'm gonna I'm gonna only be able to love my first child half as much because now I've got two? I don't think so. God enlarges your heart to make room, and uh, that was the word, wasn't it, that came out earlier that Lisa said? God said, "I prepared a place for you." Can we make room in our hearts, even beyond the local? So. Local and international are not in competition. And uh, interestingly, through history, you, you tend to get revival and missions. You either get both of them or you get neither. You don't get one without the other. Um, so we grow in grace and ask God to enlarge our hearts. And, um, and that is the, so asking the Lord, Lord to, to send out harvest workers. Um, but that's not the only thing um, because... Uh, the final part of the training, Jesus said, he said, look at the harvest. And then he said, you know, pray the Lord of the harvest for send out workers. And then what was the next thing he said in his training package? Go. I'm sending you. Uh, and so these new opportunities, maybe it's with these 28 unreached people groups we've got in New Zealand. Maybe it's welcoming, being welcoming to migrants. Maybe it's the way that we're connecting with Alison with Papua New Guinea on Zoom and we're able to make a stronger connection, help her to be effective in what she's doing and reaching the, reaching people there. Maybe it's the links Pablo's got with, with, with India. Uh, actually, we've already got connections, right? We've already got connections, and somehow God wants us to build and strengthen those, send resource and, 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 and build. Um, there was uh, a, 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 a lady, a retired lady in uh, the last church I was in in the UK, and um, one of the things that she just did, she just, like, one sat, she just said, right, put up some notices around around the town. So we're going to have an international coffee morning in the f- local coffee shop at 12 o'clock on a Saturday. And she just did that. She started it, and lo and behold, an amazing number of people came out of the woodwork. And they were, and they're all, they're new migrants from all different countries. And, you know, th- they got into sharing and teaching English. I think about the work that Jane's been doing, supporting new migrants with English here, you know. Um, and, of course, there are opportunities we would look at to go corporately together as a leader. Leadership, we can think about that. But, you know, one of the principles of Vineyard is everyone gets to play. We don't have to do stuff because it gets organized by leaders. You know, if I think about, you know, you know, Rob and Fiona um, last year, I think it was last year, the year before, said, you know, um, just I think it was just during the lockdown time. So, you know, actually, we, we've got some connections with a church up in Dargaville. 
we want to take a team up there. We want to run some. And we we got a little team together. We went up there and we were, we were running the blessings course up there. And and it was it was great. It was strengthening. It was blessing. And that was just that was just doing the stuff. Because going, you see, doing it is doing it. You just have to kind of get on and, and do it. And it doesn't mean a really big thing that you've got to start with. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to move to Nepal tomorrow. You know, yeah, for some people, I'm sure that would be yes. But actually, there are some little incremental things that we can do. Actually, working out where we've got connections and, and, and going and going as teams to do that. And, um, and I think that's one of the signs of a move of the Holy Spirit. People get committed to this stuff and we do more of it because God enlarges our hearts. So... I'm going to um, think about drawing this a bit to a close uh, here. And um, it, was, um, it was a guy called Mike Statura who said this. He said, the mark of a great church is not its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. And um, so, which is why, as we kind of circle back, this is um, something from the Vineyard Aotearoa website, like the new logo at the top now, um, that just kind of summarizes... Um, summarizes this value which is you know god calls us to and wherever we sense god leading we want to bring the gospel and that might be by planting culturally relevant churches it might also be by compassion and healing and leaning in towards the lost and the poor and the outcast and the stranger and that's as true with what we do in our own communities it is how we connect in with the unfinished task of all those all those people groups so love is a journey jesus would have us leave the 99 and go after the one so let's put aside all that snare of guilt and overwhelm. This is not a, a hard thing that's a long way away. This is something that God can do for us. And let's open our eyes and our ears and see what the Father's doing. Go where he leads. 